Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show. Happy 2022 to you. I am back. I am back and I'm with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I took the last couple of weeks of 2021 off for the holidays. I was traveling a lot. I was also sick. Yuck. Thankfully, I did not have COVID. I did take two different tests Oh, actually, two tests of the same type, which I'm going to touch on briefly in this uh, show. But I do want to welcome you into a new year. Thank you for a wonderful 2021. As my most faithful audience, I love you guys. I pray for you guys. Uh, you know, I told someone last night in a space, if you are not familiar with Twitter spaces, I would like to reintroduce you to those. I discussed that last year because I just gotten rolling with them in December. Uh, it was a fabulous new find of mine and I thoroughly enjoy them. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to either listen in to actual, uh, like a, a, an actual voice and audible chat room uh, on topics ranging from politics to life, vaccinations, you name it, uh, you know, race relations, culture, education. I mean, you can find NFTs, crypto, uh, currencies, uh, you know, economics, you, you, history, you name it, you will find it in these spaces. Uh, I host my own, which tend to err on the side of spiritual, sociological issues, cultural things going on, things that really set me off. Um, but I, you know, we get up to over 200 people and you can click buttons and ask to speak and become part of the conversation. It's awesome. Uh, it's very fluid and it's really good to hear other people's voices. I cannot stress that enough. It just goes beyond, uh, you know, texting and characters and not being able to hear the nuances of someone's emotional uh, capacity around what it is they're sharing, right? And so you'd have to sign up for Twitter. Doesn't mean that you have to be a Twitter professional. Maybe you don't want to use a Twitter account at all. Uh, I've recommended to some of my followers who do not have any interest in being on Twitter or who can't because of their work with the government to sim- simply create a uh, an anonymous account. <coughs> Excuse me. As you can hear, I am still getting over this mess. Um, and then you can hop on to uh, my Twitter spaces. I normally advertise them uh, before they're coming up or and you can set a reminder or uh, I do just happen to pop on and pop off about whatever. And you can um, you can set notifications so that you know whenever I'm on and you can pop in that way. I'm also uh, co-hosting a little bit lately with a friend of mine uh, named Crypto Lawyer on Twitter. That is his handle, Crypto Lawyer. Um, he's been hosting, I've been, uh, helping with co-hosting or sometimes I just pop on as a speaker. Uh, but last night he hosted a fabulous room on censorship. 
as we're starting the year out with a bang. Uh, if you are a conservative, you and, and even if you're not a conservative, you may have noticed that Marjorie Taylor Greene has uh, her personal account was kicked from Twitter. She has been permanently suspended. Her uh, congressional account, however, is still active. Uh, but we talked for hours about censorship, about uh, 230, the 230 rule um, that a lot of your social media companies are hiding in, uh, even though they do not qualify, in my humble opinion, because they are publishers. So when you own your content, when you are editorializing, editorializing <laughs> Boy, that was hard. Uh, in your on your platform, right? When you are micromanaging uh, the content on your site and you own it, you are otherwise known as a publisher. So we kicked the can, you know, down the road. It wasn't really a circular conversation, which I really enjoyed. A lot of critical thinking, um, opinions, uh, ideas about how to move forward with the tech oligarchy that we see uh, that is ever encroaching upon our First Amendment rights. Um, why is it that our senators and, and, uh, and congressmen and women are not uh, doing anything more other than hearing after hearing after hearing after hearing? Um, and nothing gets accomplished. President Trump uh, was also named last night as someone who did not accomplish what he said he would with regard to uh, big tech. So again, in these spaces, you know, it's the perfect opportunity for you to have your voice heard, especially around these issues. And believe it or not, it may not feel like it, but your voice actually does still matter. Uh, Scott Pressler comes in and out of my spaces quite a bit. Uh, a lot of you in the GOP are familiar with Scott. He is uh, His handle is The Persistence. Uh, he is traveling the country uh, currently, and he is about to embark upon a reality series, uh, which will be the first of its kind, particularly for the GOP. Uh, I'm not sure who is funding Scott in his efforts. I don't know if it's the GOP or if it's a Trump PAC or super PAC. I have no idea. Uh, but this is about to roll out, uh, I believe in February, he announced on my, sh on my space. Uh, I will have Scott come on in the coming weeks and, uh, and we will talk about, you know, all the efforts he's making and his encouragement to you all about how to get out and coalesce and really take the elections back and the country back, politically speaking, uh, you know, through measures that are perfectly constitutional, legal, and actually your mandate. Um, as citizens, as legal citizens of this country. Um, so he has a great plan in place. Uh, his reality show will do, uh, will follow him in his uh, cross country efforts to coalesce, to continue uh, voter registration, as well as education. Um, education, education, education is a huge component. And, you know, people by the thousands are signing up to volunteer. He will also tell you that it all begins at the precinct level, which if you follow Steve Bannon at all uh, in the war room, you will know that um, that, that is his number one pitch, right? You got to get involved at the precinct level, become a precinct captain, chair, um, so that you know what's going on. You can rally your base in your respective uh, precinct districts and, uh, you know, you hit the ground running. I mean, if you're tired of living under the top-down rule, 
as far as the government goes, and we see that happening more and more and more daily, um, you know, particularly all over the globe, but mainly here. I mean, we really are up against the Great Reset. We are. I mean, that's just where we are. That That is not Q speak. If you followed me at all, you know, I don't follow Q, so I have no idea what their speak is. I have um, paid attention to it over the years. Um, you know, have certainly been aghast at some of the, um, you know, uh, allegations of child trafficking, all the things that we know happen. I have people on my show talking about it that's actually funded and perpetuated by our federal government. So, you know, we, we've had those real conversations here on the Monica Matthews Show, and we will continue to do so uh, as we move into this first quarter. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, lining up some very um, informative and inspiring guests. Uh, I think we're going to need all the encouragement and inspiration we can get uh, because we are, in fact, looking at a global reset that is upon us Um we see that with the vaccine mandates, with every mandate. Uh, we see that with the judiciary being compromised. We now know that Soros has paid for multiple DA campaigns across the country, which is how you ended up with a defund the police and, you know, let's burn down our cities and not prosecute campaign uh, that's happened since this, quote, summer of love, right? So some of you are still shaking your heads trying to figure that out. And I, I've been very candid about these things on my show. I know others, my colleagues are as well, um, that this is a concerted effort, right? And so with this being, um, you know, the the midterms, you're really going to need to pay attention to um, your election grid. You know, I have my own opinions on whether or not the election grid is even sustainable at this point. And to be honest with you, the polls that I've run on this, uh, my Twitter uh, feed, 89% of you believe that your vote is not safe. You have zero confidence at all. And thousands of people came to take this survey. Um, You have zero confidence in your vote being secure. And so that actually gives me great confidence. And I'll tell you why, because it means that you know what's going on. And so even though you are engaged in the process, I don't, I think it's very important to remain engaged. And so Scott Pressler's work is very important because you need to remain engaged. Um, and you also need to understand how things can be manipulated uh, with regard to your election grid nationally uh, and and on a local level. I think it's really an indictment um, on your state legislatures that anyone would still be utilizing uh, the digital space or the cyberspace in order to hold elections. And I really don't care who the hardware or software is at this point. It's all vulnerable. But particularly certain software and hardware companies uh, who have been found wanting uh, on the field of, of election integrity, I think that that is uh, something that you should be pushing your state legislatures to overhaul. Um, speaking of national security and election grids, uh, Scott was in our space last night with Crypto Lawyer and um, and 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 uh, and I. And he was talking about, you know, election integrity being the number one concern, which is true. As he's traveling the country, election integrity for sure is the number one concern of, um, of the majority of Americans, not only Republicans, right? You've got 46% of Democrats actually believe that the election was not, that there were issues with last year's election, like major issues, 
that that it actually may not be legitimate. That's being reported by uh, several different polling sites, actually. So it's, um, but that's an indictment, right? So it's not, this isn't some J6 commission, if you will, they want to uh, impress upon the world that somehow everyone's a conspiracy theorist uh, perpetuating dis or misinformation uh, for refusing, like somehow this is some major seditious insurrection that that people are pushing this narrative that's fake, right? That's it's the big lie is what they've coined it actually, but it's very telling when forty six percent of Democrats actually believe the same thing, and it's not really easy to convince a Democrat, particularly with Trump being on the ballot of the election, that they now believe was stolen. (laughs) I mean, it's not really easy to turn that one around. So obviously, they too have been doing their own digging, right? Because contrary to what we are fed through, uh, you know, my colleagues in conservative media um, and through memes and whatnot, you know, Democrats, your fellow countrymen and women actually do care about the same things you do no matter what side of the aisle we're on. We talked about that as well. I took it one step further last night in our conversation with censorship. You know, Scott brought up, Pressler brought up the um, the concept, which I agree with, that you it's a matter of um, election interference whenever you start talking about censorship and elections. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll break it down. So, and we had several candidates in our space last night who said that they're having a very difficult time getting their blue check marks. Why is that important? Well, because if... If your opponent has a blue check mark and you don't, right? Because the blue check mark has ultimately been set up as like mm, in in people's minds, it's a line of demarcation. I I I don't think that I'm of any more importance than someone else just because I have a blue check mark. But the entire premise behind it, well, there were a couple of, of there were a couple of reasons for blue check marks. One was to verify that the person is who the person says they are, if they are in the public space. Although I have seen some folks on there that are nowhere near the public space who have blue check marks and have like twenty followers, so I don't understand that. But that probably happened very early on in this quote uh, authentication verification process, and so for me, it took six years. To obtain mine, I've been on Twitter since 2015. I just obtained it um, in August while I was on my sabbatical, <laughs> and uh, you know who knew? But they shut the process down for a while, um, and apparently they've gone back to no longer accepting. So I must have just hit that window in between. Uh, but my application was still on file. Uh, my former station also had an application uh, on file for me as well because, you know, I'm a personality. Uh, I was employed by them at the time. Uh, it's also important for advertisers. You know, it's a monetization tool for folks as well. Um, I, yeah, that is not a way that I'm personally, or I have been using that. Uh, but I coming into this year, I plan on navigating more of those waters in terms of monetizing my brand. You are welcome to leave a tip on my Twitter feed. If you would like a monetary tip, it goes right to me, which is wonderful. Or you can leave one on my website if you would like to contribute. It is not a donation. I'm not a 501c3 or 4. I am a for-profit woman. And so anything that you do contribute to my work, I want to thank you in advance profusely. And uh, 
just let you know that that is not considered a donation. Um, and I just thank you, thank you, thank you. So you can do that at monicamatthews.com. You can also leave a tip on my Twitter feed. It's right up there, a little bitty button in the top of, uh, of my Twitter uh, handle. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so some people with the blue check marks, right, that folks were on the space last night saying, yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a caste system. And what it sends is a signal to people that, you know, um, you're more important. Um, it, you know, I don't particularly subscribe to that ideology, but I could see where that would be the case. Uh, for, for me personally, what it says is that, yes, it's me. And so if not that you can't mimic a blue check mark, we've seen that happen as well. But if something comes out of my account and I'm in it in it, I'm tweeting it, it's mine. That is my account. And that account has been verified as me, Monica Matthews. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Scott was talking about, you know, election interference, because when you have candidates who are running for office, right, whether it's local, state, uh, federal, um, and you have their opposition, and it's usually uh, slanted toward Democrats seem not to have this problem. I'll just say that. Liberals in general do not have anyone running on a Democrat ticket do not seem to have a problem obtaining their blue check mark. And so it gives you an advantage because you're, I would imagine, I am completely, this is a complete supposition here on my part, more than likely, the algorithms are slightly different for people with blue check marks than those without. I am still throttled, make no doubt about that, because I am a conservative. Um, but And I know I am, because I hear from my followers about it consistently. And that's fine, whatever. It just means that a little more work on your part, you're going to have to go find my account and read my tweets for the day. Um, so... We had some candidates on last night who were complaining because they feel like they're at a real disadvantage. And I liken it to um, a candidate spending money on mailers, right, on campaign mailers, campaign material. And the United States postal worker just deciding, you know, like we heard stories of this with last year's election, that President Trump had certain barcodes on his uh, envelopes that were sent back in. Uh, you know, compliments of, of whomever secretary of state's office. Right. Uh, and so it because with that barcode, people were sorting, you know, between first class and no class, uh, you know, how fast ballots were, uh, sent back in, how fast they, I mean, it was a mess. It was a cluster. Um, so I liken it to your postal service worker seeing that it's you, right. And just tossing your mailers into the trash. Because effectively, you are being, um, uh, well, for lack of a less sexual term, uh, you are being castrated. Uh, and you are. Yeah, I mean, it is that serious. And so to me, and I agree with Scott on this, Pressler, um, it is a matter of election interference. Whenever your social media companies, which we know they are actively engaged in interfering in our elections. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, I can't speak to Jack Dorsey on Twitter, but we know for certain uh, Mark Zuckerberg is under investigation for that. The allegations have already been shot across the bow. And, um, you know, we know right here in the state of Georgia, he was involved in all kinds of riffraff with, you know, 
um, the DNC, um, other groups that are like spawn of the DNC. And so when you're funneling $400 million into a national election, that's a problem as a social media company. Um, again, conflict of interest, conflict of interest, conflict of interest. So you have publishers, right? Propaganda publishers who refuse to admit that they're publishers who are still being protected under 230, which is a total crock of crap as far as I'm concerned. And most of you I know would agree because we've had these discussions. So um, to me, I want to take it one step further. If you are interfering in our elections, I don't care if it's for the dog catcher. If you're If you are interfering in our elections, particularly our national elections, you are operating in the space of interfering with our national security. So I'm not really sure when people on my side of the aisle and my colleagues are going to engage in narrative warfare, but it's really past time for that to happen. We are forever simply commenting, quote, reporting, uh, complaining, whining, and or bitching about the left. That's all we do. We are consistently reacting toward the left and their antics. And if you've learned nothing else in the past four years or five years now, certainly you've learned that they are the masters uh, at the art of, of the, the warfare of words. You have to know that. When I started in terrestrial radio uh, six years ago, I had a word of the week, right? Or words, right? Like cat- and catchphrases because at the time we were contending with uh, the LGBT uh, corporate entity who was rolling through the country, particularly their favorite stop was here in my state of Georgia because we were dealing with our Religious Freedom Restoration Act at the time. That was the top bill legislation. And so they're rolling through Georgia to calling everybody a bigot and a racist and a homophobe, a xenophobe, every kind of phobe you can imagine because that's what they do and that's all they have. So they start changing words, right? That's when the gender conversation really started to pick up. And so I would catch my colleagues using this term gender, right, interchangeably with sex. And they would simply parrot what the left, you know, was making pop culture, right? It it was just acceptable at that point. And what they were doing was slowly turning the tide by getting you accustomed to using terms like gender and sex interchangeably, and they're not. And why was that important? Some people made fun of me because they felt like I was nitpicking, right? I was picking pepper out of fly poop, as a friend of mine says. And that was actually not true. uh, Because when you recognize the antics and you call it to the forefront, I'm actually calling you to wake up and realize how they are manipulating you and that it is part of a much larger agenda always. It's never just about what they say it's about or what it appears to be about. Never, 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 never. You have to stop thinking that way. You have to start thinking bigger than whatever the current uh, pop culture issue is. It is a much bigger encroachment that they are planning for. Okay. And so when you start seeing the narrative warfare take off in things like gender, right? We are like, well, who cares? That doesn't affect me, right? We're not transvestites. We don't, we don't. You know, if if that's what they want to do, just let them be who they are, right? Who cares? They're not at our church. You know, you know how church people are. So, but the bottom line is that is not the loving church approach. It's not. It is not. I'm just going to leave it here. It is not the scriptural approach to say, well, that's them. Who cares? They're not at our church. 
Sorry, it's just not. And that's called abdication, right? And that's called, well, we're supposed to separate ourselves from the darkness. Well, actually, if we knew the truth of the gospel and how liberating it was, and we trusted the Holy Spirit to change hearts and minds, we would not be afraid to speak the unadulterated truth of the gospel of Christ to people who are held in captivity, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And we would actually see the power of the gospel at work in this country and the world. And as a matter of fact, the rest of the world laughs at us right now. You've got TikTok, which is a complete CCP trap, nightmare, psyop, you name it. And your kids are on it. You're on it. I'm not on it. I will never be on it. Um, I think it's ridiculous. I think the whole thing should be banned from this country. Um, And we like to think of ourselves as freedom and free enterprise people. It's always free enterprise whenever people are making money off of it at the expense of our country. At the expense of our future generations. You have an entire generation of kids who think it's okay to be confused. And they not only want you to be okay with it, but they want you to be willing to convert and to convert your children. And that should not be okay. It's one thing to accept a human being as an equally created by God human being. It's another thing to be able to distinguish between what is right and wrong, what is black and white, according to your faith and practice it. Right? Totally different thing. So we've we've pretty much dropped the ball, in my humble opinion, where the church is concerned around this conversation. Um, but I digress. So... The word war, right? The words war began moons ago. This is nothing new, but it's been really ramping up over the past six years. And so here we are, right? Can you imagine where we'll be six years from now? I mean, it only took six years to get us here where are your commercials, you're really hard pressed to find a white male or a uh, white heterosexual couple or a heterosexual couple, period, right? It's, um, and, and all of that is tropeville within the entertainment sector. And all of that is part of the warfare. See, it's not enough. And this is another thing I've been saying. It's not enough to continue to just whine about it, make fun of it, mock it. It's and here we are. And here we are. And you wonder why you have the sociological issues that you do. And it's because we are literally crumbling from the inside out. And the world laughs at us. Now, I will say, not all of the world laughs at us. Your your world governments laugh at us. Not all. Not the ones that need us. But the ones who have set out, who have set their minds and their compasses to defeat us are absolutely mocking us. Now, our neighbors right to the north, our Canadian neighbors, uh, Venezuelan neighbors, uh, uh, Cuban neighbors, um, they are not thrilled at all with what they see happening to us in this country and what they see us agreeing with because they fled here or they hope that we will continue to stand uh, so that they too have oil in their lamps moving forward because they see us as the great light on the hill. But in case you haven't noticed, every single one of our pillars that we have erected as gods in this country, as things that we idolize over God himself, are crumbling. Every single one of our institutions. I want you to think about medicine crumbling, right? Uh, Think about our military crumbling. 
some of you would absolutely disagree with me, but when we're looking at uh, men and women being dishonorably discharged or otherwise for not taking a mandated uh, injection that has been found wanting on every possible level, regardless of the manufacturer, that's a problem. When you have your own uh, DOD uh, aligning with the Department of Justice to um, to create lists of people who are going to be put on lists as, quote, um, extremists, right? And who are those people? Uh, people who are, are, who are not in favor of injections by mandate, people who are uh, Christian, and people who are conservatives, anyone who questions election integrity, every single one of those categories meets the requirement for someone who is now being designated by your DOD, which is directly responsible for your, into your military. So when I tell you that it is crumbling, that's what I mean by it. I'm not talking about having superior technology. I'm talking about crumbling from the inside out with this ideological genocide really is what it is. And so it, and it's awful because, you know, normally from administration to administration, you will see an ideological shift with those who have been appointed uh, by the respective administration, right? But what you're seeing now, again, the cultural tropes are being, uh, which is all part of the narrative warfare scape, um, are trickling into, I mean, forget trickling, it's like a fire hydrant you know, that's been blown into our military and you see it now trickling down into the ranks. And so, you know, I have people who are, you know, lifer military folks who they've, they've, uh, they have, uh, encouraged their children to bail from the military and they have, but what does that tell you? People of high rank who are like, uh, nope, this is not our military. This is not what we stand for. This is not what we sworn uh, an oath to. And this is insane, right? So that's a problem. Okay, so you've got medicine, you've got military, you've got our stuff in the way of our supply chain, all crumbling, all crumbling. How about our dollar, right? How about our money? Crumbling, totally crumbling. So how about our societal, you know, our freedom, Huh. things that we really value, right? Gone, try, crumbling, crumbling, right? How about our constitution? That's like the pillar of the entire country, right? That thing has been tattered and torn, undeniably worn. It is, uh, it's a, it's, she's been molested. How about our uh, judiciary? How about our due process, right? Our, our legal uh, pillar, crumbling, totally crumbling, been in, in just infiltrated, completely infested with termites, ideological termites. That is what they do. They get in and they eat, 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 and uh, in terror at the very foundation. But I got to tell you, for all of this stuff that, that we're coming into 2022 with, uh, one thing I've, I've taken, I've taken a few things away from last year. One, trust no one. I mean, Trust but verify is 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 super fluid, and I'm going to tell you why. Because these are such trying times for people. Whether you're a personality like me, you're a journalist, you're a mom, dad, you work for a corporation, you're elected official, uh, you're a priest, a pastor, you know, bus driver. I don't care, school teacher. I don't care what it is. People are being squeezed. And you don't know what's going to come out of someone until they're squeezed. 
And so if you place your hope in man, the Bible says that you are a fool for doing so, and there's a curse that comes with it. So all the things that we have placed our hope, our expectancy for our healing, our prosperity, our protection, our provision, right? Our advancement, all of those things are crumbling. So the other thing I took away from 2021 was that the only thing that I should chiefly be concerned with daily and making sure that I am connected to, uh, to that, to that power source, right, is to to take the time to do exactly that and to value that connection above all things, above you as my audience, above monetization, above popularity, acceptance, um, you know, any of it, safety, freedom, all of it. If God calls me to talk about something, then I open my mouth and I speak and I don't worry about the consequences, Right? Well, that takes a certain level of commitment to to him and to his cause, right? And you know, some of you think I'm the most courageous thing you've ever encountered. And that is absolutely not maybe by your standards, but I know me. And so I know that any courage, any goodness, anything about me that shines really has has very little to do with my humanity. It has way more to do with, and basically everything to do with God's faithfulness. And I say that 100,000% in confidence in what I say is true. And with humility, because, and I don't think I deserve it at all. I just don't. He says, you know, that his gifts and callings are irrevocable. They're unimpeachable. How about that, Congress? You can't impeach God's gifts and calling um, on his people, right? I love that. It's beautiful, and it's a promise. And so I'm making a commitment this year, you know, that to learn from last year, you know, that even with the word planted in my belly, even with the word planted in my bones, it has been a very, very trying year for me in 2021. And so... To place our hope in anything for our provision, our health, our safety, anything, right? Our ability to prosper, to place our hope in anything outside of him is completely futile. And that doesn't mean you sit in your Jesus recliner and wait for him to return and shrivel up into a feeble ball. It means getting our mental, spiritual, emotional, physical priorities in order so that we are aligning with the truth. So as we're being completely tossed about by lies that you have a banner, you have a flag that is planted in the ground called the word of God, which is the inerrant truth. And let me tell you, you know, I get this visual of like someone hanging onto a flagpole being nearly just with all of their life, their legs flown off the ground, like, you know, you're, you're horizontal, right? Uh, You're perpendicular to, to the ground. And um, it, and that's been my 2021. And I'm sure most of you feel like it's been yours as well, because not only are we, we witnessing things collapse external uh, from our our family lives, our daily lives, but it's happening internal as well. So you, it's very scary 
These are very scary times for most people, and the Lord tells us not to fear, not to fear, not to fear. Well, the only way you're going to practice and really exercise those muscles of not fearing is having something to fear, right? But he said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And so as we move into 2022, you know, the things to pay attention to, we do have national security issues where our elections are concerned. I don't, some of you are speculating that Biden could get us into a war because that'll pump the economy back up. I'm, you know, who knows? I can't even speculate. I have no information on that whatsoever. Um, and I'll be honest with you, even if I did have intel on that, I don't even care. I'm not focused on that. I am focused on, all right, where do my feet need to be planted so that, so that I'm, I'm in the flow of God's will, right? Of God's truth, because that's where my sanity, that's where my peace and that's where my joy are to be found, right? And the same goes for you. And so back to this narrative warfare landscape, it really is with the word. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is that if we believe what we tell people and what we parrot online, which is we war not against flesh and blood, right? And we're not warring with uh, carnal or temporal uh, weapons, but of spiritual weapons, right? For the, for the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what are the strongholds around us right now? I mean, I, God is literally, I see every single one of our strongholds being pulled down. The question is, what are you going to be holding on to when all of these things fall? Where are you going to be in your psyche, in in your emotions, right? Where are you going to be in your mind? Will you be in your right mind? Will you die of a heart attack from fear, right? There's a lot of interesting things coming upon the world. And, you know, I'm not so sure that the whole thing isn't just going to crumble so that God can actually uh, preserve um, a remnant. I know that's another big buzzword in the church too, and I'm not using it as such, trust me. Uh, But, you know, some people feel like, well, maybe the whole thing just needs to implode because it's so, you know, President Trump's talking about draining the swamp. And I think God's like, hmm, well, there's a lot of grease pit hairballs in here that, you know, most of us did not anticipate. But now that those covers have been pulled back and you see how rotten the entire uh, system is, every one of our institutions have been compromised. And it all began with our departure from spiritual sanity. That's in my humble opinion. Now, I would imagine that you know, other nations, whether it's in the Middle East, uh, whether it's in China, where they do not subscribe to all of this uh, acceptance, and I'm certainly not advocating for gays being thrown off buildings, don't be ridiculous, um, but in terms of things being accepted by pop culture and turning it into a normative so that now your children are being enlisted by people who have an attraction to minors, yes, that is a thing. And that is coming to a university near you. I have to tell you, for you parents who are still sending your kids to these indoctrination camps just because it's a family legacy, I don't understand you. I mean, I get it because you're it, you're kind of bound to the altar of that particular academic God. I get it. 
But, you know, knowledge without godly knowledge is basically futile. It's what we have now. It's how we are going to end up with an artificially intelligence environment, right? An artificial intelligentsia that has zero capacity for uh, for a God spiritual component at all. It is not being programmed for that. And so, sure, it will have a level of uh, artificial, right, sense of uh, like a binary, uh, you know, turn right, turn left. Uh, they'll, it'll be able to hold a conversation with you just like your Siri does. Some of y'all are in love with that, um, you know, but to... Um, but to have a spirit component to it, it is simply not there, right? And you'll hear from some of these wackos within the uh, crypto space, and I love the folks in the crypto space, don't get me wrong, but I have come up against some very interesting whack jobs, and I say that as as nicely as I'm going to on my first podcast of the year. I won't defile you today, um, but I, when I say whack jobs, I mean it, who really believe that if we could just do away, if we just went with everything artificial, we, if we just did away with people, we'd have a lot less war, <laughs> Excuse me. So imagine that. You know, I mean, and they really do earnestly believe that we can have a peace-filled world as as long as we just saved the trees and got rid of humans. So speaking of that, uh, yes, I have been uh, sick for the better half of seven days. I'm definitely on the mend, even though I still sound like I'm a COPD patient uh, who smoked my entire life. But glory to God, I did not have COVID. Um, I did take a a test um, from a facility here. Uh, the patent owner is here in Atlanta, Georgia. I will actually meet with him this week uh, and tour their facilities. I'm very excited about that. I'll talk about that, um, you know, as the week comes to a close or possibly into next week. And I'll introduce you to him and his product. Um, he is located here in the state of Atlanta. They have isolated the virus. And so um, when you're talking about CRP, which now you see the CDC is actually saying, God, all this acronym speak, right? I mean, it's all these terms that none of us thought we would ever use, right? The CRP and the CDC and the NIH and the WHO and the FBI, the DHS, the, you know, golly, SOS. I mean, it's nuts. I digress. So um, most of your PRPs, as we know, you know, are essentially crap, I'm sorry, PRP. What the hell is a PRP? Your PCRs. I don't even know. <laughs> Excuse me. There I go again. There's my 80-year-old, you know, my flow. I work at a, a country diner, and I'm 60,000 years old, and I wear blue eyeshadow and hot pink lipstick, and I've been smoking my whole life. Cough. Um, oh, and it only happens whenever I laugh, and I laugh a lot. <laughs> so it's been good exercise for my lungs, though. <coughs> Excuse me, but oh my goodness! Uh, but they have isolated the the COVID, the Rona, right in their in their tests, and so you stick it up your little nose, you can stick it down your throat to test for the Omicron. I guess is where it normally hides out. Is back by the tonsils, is what one of my favorite physicians told me this week. So I've tested twice, and both of those tests were negative. Uh, I trust them. Um, and I do not trust a PCR test, nor I have never trusted a PCR test, and nor should you, given the literature that's out there in abundance for you to do your own research. Uh, there's a problem with a test that comes back positive two weeks after you tested the first time. So it kind of makes me wonder whether or not all of these crappy tests have basically been testing you for the common cold. 
I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So uh, the other thing I want to encourage you to do, you know, I immediately was advised to start on HCQ, which I did. And uh, even though I was negative and I, when I tested the first time, I was completely symptomatic of whatever the heck I've had going on. So it certainly would have shown up in a test if it were COVID. I just come back from uh, holiday travel. I was around people who were sick, around people who were getting sick. You know, I was in an airport, a casino, you know, I mean, my gosh, if anyone was like ripe for, hey, COVID over here, um, it would have been me. So, you know, I had physicians telling me in public, in a space that I was definitely COVID positive. And I'm like, no, I'm not. There are just some things I refuse, right? And I hide in Psalm 91. I just do. It doesn't mean that an oft infirmity, as the Bible describes it, will not come upon my house. But that's not a plague. That is not, that is not the, uh, what is it that, that, cr- that crouches around and creeps around? You know, you've got the plague and anything insidious, right, that's creeping through the streets at night you know, death and hell and destruction and all that. Uh, no, in Psalm 91, you know, I'm hidden in the secret place. It doesn't mean I'm not going to catch a cold, uh, but I'd never had a fever and I, clearly I did not die. Thank you, Lord. So, but people literally wanted me to have COVID. I'm not kidding you. My friends, people in the spaces, physicians were convinced that I had COVID and they wanted me to be convinced that I had COVID, right? And I'm like, nope. I don't receive it and I don't have it, period, end of story. I will uh, go ahead and take the HCQ and that was before I tested and, and I wasn't sure if my symptoms were going to continue to increase. I never got a fever, but I did start on the HCQ protocol. I've been on zinc and quercetin for the past 18 months, so that's part of my daily protocol. My zinc is also through the roof. I mean, not my zinc, I'm sorry, my D3. Everything I've been listening to tells you to have a D3 uh, uh, of 50 or higher in order to uh, stave off COVID. Uh, apparently, your physicians will tell you that 30 is normal and you're cool. That is not the advice I'm getting from uh, multiple medical sources. It needs to be 50 and higher D3. D3, D3, D3. Uh, I take mine with K2. Some people are a proponent of that. Others are not. Uh, you got to do you and whatever your physicians tell you. I am not a doctor, so this is not medical advice. I repeat, this is not medical advice. This is just what I did. So, I have been on a preemptive uh, protocol. I do not take ivermectin uh, prophylactically or HCQ. Um, I don't feel like there's a need to. I do take my zinc and my quercetin daily. Like I said, I have done that for 18 months um, and I order it on Amazon. So, but I do want to encourage you all to do this. Please do not wait until you get sick to contact the frontline doctors on their website or... Uh, to contact your doctors regarding monoclonal antibodies, right? Have a plan in place. Have uh, a stockpile of things that you will need to treat yourself instead of racing to the hospital where they're likely going to send you home or worse, they're going to admit you where you then become basically a medical hostage I've had many reports come to me recently in recent days of people who have become medical hostages. They cannot leave the hospital. Their family no longer can see them. You have no one there to advocate on your on your behalf except for you. And when you feel like crap, as you know, the last thing you want to do is advocate for yourself. So I'm telling you, if you can avoid the hospital 
and and you can get a jump start the second you feel like uh, symptoms, right? And you test, whatever, uh, you got a fever, you know, all of that. I would encourage you to have someone on the horn that you can do telemedicine with. I personally recommend frontline doctors. There are, I think, myfreedoctor.org or .com.net, whatever. Uh, he is out there as well. I've heard him in different spaces lately, uh, you know, talking about all of this. So my free doctor, uh, you can look him up. I will tell you these folks are slammed. So you got to be patient. But please do not wait for someone that you love or yourself and hopefully you love yourself, to come down with something. And, and God forbid, you know, it is a, a worse, uh, maybe it's the Delta variant of COVID, which is, to my understanding, is what your ICU uh, professionals are still contending with. You do still have Delta. You do have the Omicron, yes. What that tells me is that this whole thing is making its way through the viral process and and herd immunity is something that should uh, be in our near future. Now, uh, considering we all know that, well, I'll, I'll speak for myself and for most professionals that I hang out with in the medical community, uh, we all believe that this for certain was a bio weapon, period, end of story. And uh, there are more and more evidence that, I mean, hello, how much more evidence do you need about this stupid thing being created in a lab? So, uh, and multiple people who are still trying to tell you to shut down your lives, uh, were involved in that, right? From the United States to China, uh, and other countries as well. So that, that is, that's a problem. And as we can see, it has wrecked the economy of the world. Now, why would they want to do that? Because the great reset is upon us. And I believe that the United States is the last bastion of hope whenever it comes to not being able to uh, fully fulfill that particular uh, prophecy, which I believe will come to pass. I'm just not so sure, biblically speaking, I'm just not so sure that, uh, that the enemy's kingdom has not overshot and attempted to usher it in now. So, uh, before it's time, right? And timing is very important in God's economy, as we all know. Okay. So, hey, thank you for joining me today. Um, it's been a long year. It, and I, you know, I've been sitting down with the Lord just saying, just doing inventory, right? I talk about that a lot, about just doing your own inventory, of your life, your spiritual life, right? Your emotional life. What are some things that you should really, and I don't like to should on you guys, as you know, but what are some things that you know you need to let go of from last year? Some people, hurt feelings, offenses, belief systems, uh, maybe disappointments, right? I've had a lot of those last year. I'll be, I'll be candid with you. Um, I had a lot of disappointments and toward the end of the year, I was so let down, by uh, people that I just, I think I just put too much hope and too much stock in, um, in their continued, um, you know, words that really ultimately ended up being nothing more than words. And so, you know, when you're continually let down by people, either you need to shift 
your mentality about and your expectations of those people because that is a consistent behavior pattern. Um, and just, and you can still keep them in your life, just keep them in a particular, at least this is what I do. You either get put into a particular box in my life where I just know, I certainly, I will afford you the opportunity to change if you do, but my expectations of you are basically zilch of ever changing. And so if there are other, um, if there are other blessings that come from you in my life, then I will keep you in my life, but I will keep you out of my heart because my heart is sacred ground, right? And the Bible tells us to guard our hearts above all things. Why? Because out of it come flow the issues of life. And so how many of us have got some issues, you know? And so I don't need any more issues and I don't need people in my heart space who perpetuate issues, in my life. I just don't need it. So the end of this year was very telling for me. And it was a call to uh, grow up um, with regard to personal and professional relationships of people who just do not keep their word and refuse to do it for whatever reason. So not taking things personally is a good place to start right? But just making adult decisions for yourself that don't have to include hating people or putting them on exile island, unless that is the healthiest thing for you to do. And if it is causing you to stumble, if that relationship is causing you to stumble spiritually, right? Then cut it out, cut it off, whatever. If it's malignant to your life, just cut that thing out like a tumor, man, and clean out that wound, let the Holy Spirit clean out that wound and keep moving. Whatever hopes, whatever aspirations did not come to pass last year, whatever you were believing for in prayer, you know, what I've done and what I'm actively doing is taking those things right before my conversation with Abba, Papa, Father. And I'm saying, Hey dad, um, I don't understand what happened last year. And yes, God and father, I understand that you are God and I'm not, uh, but I'm very disappointed and, um, I need you to help me get over this hump. And that is exactly what his spirit does may not be instant, but in time, you know, my view on something may change my mindset, uh, the way I see it, my eyes will change to be able to see it differently, uh, to be able to detach from anything that is, um, unhealthy and keeping me imprisoned, uh, in my emotions or in my mind about something. So I just want to encourage you to, it's the beginning of the year. A lot of you are fasting. Um, your churches are doing Daniel fasts. I want to encourage you to go read Isaiah 58. That is God's chosen fast. And so as you're fasting for things coming up in this year, you know, God calls us to first forgive and to uh, quit backbiting and stabbing each other with words and, um, and in the back and in the face, and you know how we are, we hold on to grudges. Um, and the Lord's like, Mm-mm. no, if I forgave you, you can forgive them. That is a very real command. It's not a suggestion. And sometimes I realize that's really hard because some wounds are really deep, but nothing is so deep that God cannot fill it with his holy oil so that it is come in his honey. I love that that he can't fill it with his honey, that carcass, right? That's in your soul where someone just crushed you or an instance, or you've been branded as a friend of mine says, uh, by things in life. Nothing is so seared 
that the, the Holy Spirit's oil and honey cannot penetrate it to make that place sweet and smooth again. You know, many of us are jagged little pills, right? We are just, we are, we're our own rugged crosses, right? And you can see people coming a mile away who have just got stuff that they just carry with them year after year after year. And so I want to encourage you to get light, to get lean, right? As the days are darkening, and I don't believe we're, we've come to our darkest days in this country. And I don't say that to be some doomsdayer. I say it as a realist in that you should be prepared for your oil lamp to continue to shine. Just because the world around you gets darker doesn't mean that you're going to be smothered by the darkness. On the contrary, if you profess to have Christ in you, your lamp should be filled in as much as you are communing with your father for that oil to be poured out upon you. And then your cup will overflow into others, right? And so we're called to be the light and you for sure, we're not called to live in darkness and sit in darkness and be stuck in darkness. So uh, until tomorrow, thanks for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at Monica on air talk. I'm on getter, getter, getter. I've been verified. Thank you, Jason Miller on getter as well. I've just Monica Matthews over there. You'll see my face, uh, sign up for my podcast newsletters at Monica I have not forgotten about my Bible study. It is forthcoming. Thank you for your patience. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember if you're an American act like one. I just-